Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is NFL Nuts. Sunday with Ryan Hannibal, the ultimate football podcast. Let's get started with NFL Nuts. Sunday. Now here's Ryan Hannibal. Welcome back to the Not Sunday podcast. We haven't done one of these in a long time, so there's a lot to get to, plenty to get to with the Patriots. A lot of good stuff coming up with our guest, Andy Benoit of Sports Illustrated, who really does a great job with film breakdowns, and he touched on a lot of Patriots stuff as well as some Titan stuff going into this week. But before we get to that, just some general thoughts on the Patriots. And I think we got to start with Rob Gronkowski and his status. Obviously, he's missed two out of the last three games, missed the game against the Bears, played against the Bills, but then missed this past week against the Packers, and I just think it's time for Rob Gronkowski's expectations to sort of be lowered. I think things need to turn to be focused on the playoffs and getting him right for the playoffs. Obviously, his ankle and, and back injuries are going to get better with playing. They're only going to get better with rest, and when you look at the schedule, games against the Titans, the bye week, and then the Jets, I think it's just time to rest Rob Gronkowski for the next three weeks and, and try to do what it takes to get him healthy for the playoffs because that's what most—that's what's most important right now. His incentives are pretty, pretty out of reach. He's not going to get those. So really the only thing that matters for him Markley's is right. winning. So and you're seeing this guy on, on his way Winning in the playoffs, up. playing oh, these games, it's going to help yeah. that. And I just think it's time for the Patriots to take a more cautious approach with Rob Gronkowski. And while it may be hard to convince him to do, I just think it's best for him to sit. These three weeks yeah, might do a heck of a lot of good come January and February when the team needs them most. So I just think it's time for them to sit Rob Gronkowski and do whatever they can to get him as healthy as possible for the stretch run. Then with, with Josh Gordon, I think that, you know, he's exceeded expectations. When he got here in September, it was just, you know, the expectations were if he got on the field and contributed, that was just a bonus. And they only gave a fifth-round pick for him. And he's played in six games. He seems to get a little bit better each and every week. While, you know, I will say that I don't think he's picked up things as as well as some might have might say. Um, he's running pretty much the same couple routes, just go routes and slant routes. There's no real timing routes yet. We've seen a little bit where he's not on the same page fully as Tom Brady, but I still think they're getting there. And Tom Brady and the rest of the Patriots seem to be talking Gordon up each and every week, praising him for you know how he's come in and learned the offense and done what he can. And I think there is something to be said for that. I think that it's really hard for a player to come in here in the middle of the season and learn the offense. And Gordon's done pretty much as well as anyone else has. And, you know, going on his past, he seems to turn his life around. He's got a fresh start here in New England, which I think has helped him out a lot. I think the football culture here has helped him a lot, and I think this is the perfect place for him to turn his career around. And I think if things continue the way that they have so far, he could, you know, make – he could really turn things around for himself, and he's going to be a free agent after this year. And who knows if he returns or not, but I think that he resurrected his – 
football career, and coming to the Patriots was the perfect team for that. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, I think things have improved a lot, and we've seen this year after year, where as you get into November, things start to turn for whatever reason, whether you know the coaching staff just has this building process and finally the, team's, the team is able to, to accomplish that, or if it's just players buying into things more, getting more comfortable with each other, just for whatever, whatever reason it is, the defense gets better you know, once the calendar turns to November, and they have their best performance of the year last Sunday against the Packers. I mean, holding Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense to 17 points, a lot needs to be said for that, and the pass rush especially was definitely the best all season. You saw in the NFL films clip with Bill Belichick. He was very excited for that. You saw him on the sidelines during the game. Way more clapping for him. Just He was actually happy, believe it or not. And I think that just shows how much progress the defense has made and they were just building on the week before against the Bills. I mean, obviously you can't really you know, give much credence to anything done against the Bills with how bad that offense is but they took it to another level this past week against the Packers. Be the same thing again this week against the Titans. Their offense is obviously a little bit better than the Bills but not quite to the level of the Packers but for them to continue the way that they're performing they need to you know, keep this same level of play moving forward because they're going to need it in the playoffs. I don't think this offense is going to be able to score, you know, 30, 35 points in the playoffs. So they're going to need their defense to come up big and, you know, hold these teams to 17, 20, 24 points to just give them a chance in the playoffs. Because I just don't think this offense has what it takes to score, you know, 30, 35 points in the playoffs against some of the better defenses in the entire NFL. So enough of me yapping. Let's get to our guest, Andy Benoit. And we're here with Andy Benoit, NFL writer for MMQB Sports Illustrated. Specializes in film breakdowns. I encourage all of you to to check him out. Really does a great job. Thanks for joining me, Andy. Hey, Ryan. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I just want to get your general takes on on what you've seen on film with the Patriots this year. Any you know schemes that have stood out? Any players? What have you seen? Well, I mean, with New England, there's get a variety of things and I, I think what gets overlooked at least on their offensive side is they're really more of a power running team than people realize James Devlin's a big part of what they do they line up, they run a lot of traditional handoffs, we've seen lately it's worked with even Cordero Patterson back there and one of the reasons it works so well for them is they are very good at spreading out into empty formations out of those power running packages so Devlin's out there at fullback but they spread out to empty and they can throw the ball as if they were in a three-receiver set. Really, the only other team that does that is San Francisco. So defenses don't see it a lot. They're less prepared for it. And the versatility, what it also does is inherently creates matchups for wide receivers inside, which means they're facing linebackers and safeties if it's zone coverage. So it's a really well-schemed offense, a lot more traditional than people realize, and the stuff they do that's untraditional, like those empty formations, they only work because New England's so good at the traditional stuff. Mm-hmm. What have you seen from, from Josh Gordon on tape? Just from, from my perspective, it seems like while he's an athletic freak, obviously, he still seems to be picking up the offense a little bit just with the routes he's running. It's not like a lot of timing routes where he has to decide you know, what to do with Brady. It's more of just goes and slants. Have you seen some of the same? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think Brady has developed more trust in, in Gordon each week. There seems to be about... 
two or three cases every game where Brady gives him a 50-50 ball and gets him downfield. So it's I think that's overall, I, my guess is if it's the Patriots were answering this honestly, they'd say Gordon's a little further ahead than they thought, and they have bigger plans for him as the season moves forward. Mm-hmm. What are some of the types of things they could do with Gordon in this offense? Like you mentioned the, the stuff before about spreading things out. What what do you think you know could be coming down the line with Gordon? What type of route do you think he could be most successful at? Well, it's, I, I, what you're really asking, I think, is can he play inside and how expansive can his route trees be from inside? And that's a, an interesting question. Um, New England, and I'd love to spend time with with their offensive meetings and their staffs and see how they're coaching their wide receivers because they've taken other guys who you wouldn't think of as out uh, inside receivers and they have played them inside before. Chris Hogan's a great example. So I don't even though the Patriots have the classic inside shifty slot receiver in Julian Edelman I don't know if they need that type of guy in order to be formationally versatile and have Gordon play inside. Uh, if they do that I would imagine you'll see him on seam routes. I don't think he would be a particularly great underneath option route runner but uh, that, that's something to keep in mind something to watch out for. The nice thing is they, they don't have to do that. If they keep Gordon outside all season long they've got other guys that can still service them inside. Mm-hmm. What do you think of James White and just, you know, watching film from other teams around the league? Do you still think he's the guy that doesn't get the recognition he deserves? Uh, maybe a little bit. I think I think people realize he's good. He plays on national TV a lot. He's, he's very productive. So I think his recognition is, is commensurate with his impact. But there are I don't know if everybody understands why he's so good and what it means within the context of New England's offense. Where he's most productive is when he lines up on the weak side of an unbalanced formation. So picture three receivers on one side, one receiver on the other. James White is very good when he lines up in the backfield on that one receiver side. And the Patriots are very good at creating route combinations with him and that one receiver, and especially in the red zone when it's him and Rob Gronkowski on that weak side. So I, I really am every time I watch him, they do a really nice job of getting white opportunities on high low route concepts and he has a really good feel for the timing and the subtleties of the spacing that comes on those routes and that's a big reason tom brady is so efficient at getting to him on those check downs and not always they look like check downs sometimes they're just the way the play is designed mm-hmm. and then getting to the other side of the ball is there anything defensively you can pinpoint that might be different this year with brian flores leading the way as opposed to matt patricia um, off the top of my head, not necess- not really. They're not a big blitzing team still, and Patricia's Lions have been even less of a blitzing defense, so that's the philosophy that comes down under the, the Belichick uh, umbrella, I would imagine. Uh, they are traveling corners probably a little bit more than they did under Flores, and I think Stephon Gilmore's playing better, and that helps. But overall, it's in New England, what they do is they line up and they – two gap you up front and they play matchup coverage on the outside and then they do a great job with their safeties using them as different help zone defenders inside and McCord is a big part of that and Patrick Chung is a very big part of that so that's their foundation now from that foundation you get a lot of different wrinkles and uh, it's a matter of how you deal with those wrinkles as an offense mm-hmm. what have you seen from Stefan Gilmer on tape and do you think he's you know one of the emerges one of the top cornerbacks in the entire NFL yeah, and I think he's been that at other times in his career. He was not that 
that last season early on, they, he struggled at times with some of their man-to-man um, -man coverage concepts when they were facing different stack releases and switch releases and pick routes. They've been much sounder there this season. Really, they got sounder down the stretch last season. Uh, so, yeah, I think Gilmore, I mean, I'll, I'm going to consider him for one of my cornerbacks on the all-pro voting this year, at least if, if I had to vote today. Um, he's very good at the top of routes. He understands how to finish uh, getting in man coverage. He's physical in the right ways. I think he's been very impressive this season. Does he fit better with the Patriots than maybe the system up in Buffalo? Well, when he was in Buffalo with Rex Ryan, they played a lot of quarters coverage, cover four. And in cover four, the corners typically will line up and play man-to-man -man outside. It amounts to man-to-man -man in a lot of scenarios. So it's, it's not hugely different. Uh, I don't think it's a big difference other than Gilmore travels around more in New England than he did in Buffalo, but that's just a function of in New England they call more straight man coverage rather than cover four. Mm -hmm. What have you seen from Trey Flowers? He seems like a player that's you know keeps getting better as the years go on with his career. He's in a free agent year. Do you think he's you know one of the better defensive ends in football? Oh, absolutely. He is. I mean, we, we always hear about his technique and how sound he is, and you see that. His hand usage is extraordinary. And what happens with guys who have good technique and can build on that is they get more efficient with it, so they play faster. They play more effectively, and they become more explosive. And we're seeing that with Trey Flowers. Uh, he's always been that way in run defense. I think we're seeing it more in his pass rush this season, which is important because they don't have a lot of pass rushers there. Mm-hmm. Now, they're playing the Titans this week, and obviously the, one of the big stories up here is Malcolm Butler, who is ranked as one of the, the worst cornerbacks by pro football focus, allowing the most catches, most yards, and most touchdowns. Have you seen anything stood out in the way that he's covering players this year that maybe could be a reason for the, the increase in numbers against him? Yeah, or the way he's not covering players <laughs> yes. this year. It's, uh, it's you know, he's, when he was in New England, when he struggled, and he was a pretty good player a lot of the time, but uh, where he struggled was on slower developing routes sometimes. And on quicker timing routes, bang, bang, timing, quick hitting stuff, he was always very good. It always served his aggressiveness well. For whatever reason, we're not seeing him as good on those quicker timing routes. And the slower developing stuff can still be an issue. So I, 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 with a quarterback, you're in such a reactionary position that once offenses start smelling blood and they start smelling it when they see your film during the week so they go into the game smelling the blood they go after you and you fall in, i think it's an easy position to fall into a slump at uh, he's got to just play his way out of it and it might get harder i mean I, I imagine he'll stay on the field but he has already started losing some snaps to a dory jackson which i understand and jackson's a better all-around corner anyway uh, but i think his only hope right now is to keep doing what he's doing and just try to do it better because where he's struggling is in matchup coverage and there's not a lot you can do other than just it's like a hitter at, at the plate who struggles you just got to refine your technique and work your way out of it how do you think things will go this week with him against the patriots who would you have him cover i would think maybe edelman out of the slot is that something you would see or do you see him going with someone else 
Well, typically they play Logan Bryan in the slot for Tennessee, and then Jackson played the slot at times last year, and he, he's he's pretty good on those quicker guys. So I would imagine we'll see Logan Ryan in the slot, though, and, and have him where his physicality applies so well. The Titans played a lot of zone coverage early in the season, and maybe that's the solution right there because Butler has played on the right side a lot there. Uh, they don't like to travel their corners, even though they've got three guys who can travel theoretically. So maybe we just see them settle things down by playing zone coverage. The problem with that is if you do that again and again or you keep Butler on the right side again and again, at some point you're going to get Josh Gordon over there, and that's not a great way to break out of a slump if you're a cornerback. Mm-hmm. And then just on the, the Titans specifically, they're, they're the number one ranked defense in the league. What are they doing so well and that's allowed them to do that? They are very good at safety. For one, Kevin Byard's a big deal with what they do. He can match up. He can come down into the box. He's a good blitzer when they call up on him, and he is a very good, rangy help defender down the middle of the field. So when you're comfortable in the back end, it's kind of like what Seattle had with Earl Thomas years ago. You're comfortable in the back end. Coaches will tell you that does a lot for what they feel they can do up front. They're more willing to take chances. They're more willing to try things. They're more willing to specialize their coverages for that week's opponent. So everything gets better with that kind of security blanket at free safety. I think that's the big starting point there. And then even though Butler hasn't played well, they, overall they still have a good cornerbacking unit. They have one where they can trust guys to play in solo coverage across the board. So that also gives you schematic flexibility. Mm-hmm. One more question before I let you go. You look at the Chiefs' offense, and obviously they've had a ton of success so far. Do you see a scenario where maybe the league sort of catches on to what they're doing and, and they funnel, they you know slow down towards the end of the year? Or do you see them keep evolving each week and they just could keep this pace the rest of the year? Well, we've seen the league catch up to the Chiefs' offense before in the second half. It happened last year at times. So I think there is some of that in play. What's different is they've got a different guy at QB now, a guy who can beat you with his legs and his arm. He's a real talent. Uh, the speed factor of Tyreek Hill, there's a lot of cases where the defense, they can know what's coming, but no, nobody's fast enough to run with Hill. And then Kelsey's a tough matchup, obviously, as well. So the, the Chiefs have a lot of weapons, and the guys behind those weapons, Sammy Watkins, when he's healthy, I think Kareem Hunt's better this year than last year. They've gotten better, which makes it uh, easier to fall back off of those weapons. So overall, Ryan, it's, it's just a more talented Chiefs offense than before. So I think I would be surprised if someone caught up to them, but we have seen that in past years when it was the Alex Smith show. Hey, Andy, thanks so much for your time. I encourage again all of our listeners to check out your work at mlnkb.com. Really great with the film breakdowns and everything you do. Thanks a lot again. Yeah, thank you, Rain. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.